Welcome to the After Show After Party. I am Toya Haynes. This is episode number two of the After Show After Party. After our uh, first episode as the After Show After Party, because we were formerly Unsung Unwrapped, first episode was about Ralph Tresvent and... We cannot even go into this next episode without talking about the fact that we got to go to the For the Culture Tour with new addition, Jodeci and Uncle Charlie Wilson. Are you still horse? I am, um, I'm high. And I don't mean Snoop high. <laughs> I mean, like on the essence of good music because I really don't understand what's on the radio today. <laughs> so anything that, t- you know, because music, certain songs just take you back. You know, mm-hmm. I just remember the choreography and I was down. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to need Ben Gay in the morning, but <laughs> I could just visualize standing in the living room mm-hmm. doing all the moves and playing the albums over and Man. over. Like, this is the time when you knew every song on the album. Forget singles. You knew the whole album. Oh, yeah. The whole album. Yeah. Front, 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 front to back, for sure. And Ralph looked great. Let me tell you something. You you what, you what you thought that's not... What did you expect to see? Did I, you think? And I've never, like, had a crush on Ralph, but just... He'd be, like, a swag big Listen, brother to me. I, look, I, who, who did you think you came to see? Okay, so I, I must I must say this, because I know for those of you that have not gone to the tour, I highly recommend that you go. Do not miss it. It is legendary on every single level. It is excellent. Shout out to the Black Promoters Collective for doing an amazing job putting this together. You want to see Jodeci. Yes, you do. You want to see Jodeci. And the reason why I say you want to see Jodeci is because it's someone like me who has been very let down by some of my favorite artists that have aged. I'm not going to name any names <laughs> that I've seen live. I can see being very apprehensive and being like, I don't want to go and have their songs ruined for me because maybe they're not, they're not, you know, in great shape. I think they did a fantastic job. I thought the staging was wonderful. The set list was great. And also it was the first time I ever got to see sing these songs live with Jodeci. KC was great. You know, um, at one point I was scared. Why do you say that? Before we got there, I was scared because I thought like it was going to be like KC going left. Mm. And it felt like prime time KC. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think I told you this. The first time I ever heard Jodeci, I was sound asleep in my aunt's basement. And I heard, treat them like they want to be treated. Yeah. And I remember, I opened up my eyes. I think they were wearing white suits. And I really mm-hmm. thought they were angels on the screen. <laughs> so I was like, I was like, Jesus, did you take us to heaven? It's, <laughs> no, no exaggeration. I really was like, am I in heaven? Because the, it was so melodic. And I opened up my eyes and I just see people in white. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm dying on to heaven. But I fell in love with Jodeci at that very moment. Mm-hmm. So seeing them... And seeing even like Devante, uh, Devante, I was just like, he's here. I don't know how he got here. <laughs> what? Because they they said, you know, I heard that he doesn't like airplanes, so I don't yeah. know if they Mister T'd him. You know, like in eighteen, they not. I don't Mr. know. I don't know what they had to do to get, to get them together and in good shape. Because I had people ask me stuff, and I said one thing that I would say when I texted, I said Josie was there, and they were very present. I said everyone, and they knew what that meant. What that meant. Yes. I said everyone was very 
present. Like Devante was very in present, very present, very involved. Mr. Dalvin, like they all did a great job. They did some of my faves. I don't want to ruin the set list for anyone, but I, I just felt like there were some surprises and I would really be interested in what a headlining Jodeci show would do because for those of us that are like for real, like hardcore Jodeci fans, there's some album cuts that I know we would really love to hear. Um, Cause they didn't do, they didn't do lately for some, you know, they right. didn't do lately. I mean, okay, that's a spoiler, but just know they didn't do lately, but then lately would have had them do like Dalvin would have gotten on the drums and like, they just didn't do all that. They, they, they didn't have time. They didn't. That's, that's really what I'm trying they to say. They made it very clear that we got to go. They got to go. So if you are going to the tour, uh, like I know I said no spoilers, but be on time. Don't be black late. Be, <laughs> there's no CB time because you're going to miss Jodeci and you're going to be mad. It started on time. Like, like we got there like an hour early. It's the, the concert started at eight and, or the ticket said eight, nothing at eight Oh six. They were on the stage. They were on. So be on time for Jodeci. Don't do it. Uh, don't play games with that. Mm-hmm. Uncle Charlie wore us out. He was incredible. And I mean, New Edition did what they had to do. And I'm not going to, like I said, no spoilers, but it was good to see Ralph as always. Ralph is like my, my students say, like, he bussing. He bussing. Like, I thought only food was bussing. No, People they told, can bust too? They told me I was bussing. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. I didn't, I was like, what? I hope that's a good thing. He said, oh, Miss Wright, you bussing. Drip, drip. (laughs) So one of the reasons, and we've talked about this, that we wanted to change our name to the After Show After Party and not just review Unsung is because we love music. We love music documentaries. And there's so many other ones that we would really, really, really like to discuss. And so this is definitely the perfect time to discuss and for this documentary to come out, the Janet Jackson documentary that was on Lifetime. Black Girl Magic. Long way. Oh, my gosh. I mean, just personified in every way. I am a huge Janet Jackson fan. There has not been an artist that has been more influential in my life than Janet Jackson. Um, I don't talk about it a lot because I will really make it weird. So <laughs> if anyone's surprised to know that, just know I start talking about Jack Janet starts getting weird. But um, as a Janet fan, this is a huge deal that she did this because she's so private. Are you a big Janet fan? Nick? I am a Janet fan, but I, I'm more of a fan now mm-hmm. um, because I understand her more now. Mm-hmm. I saw her, I think I saw her almost one dimensional, beyond, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. I know that sounds strange. I was like, how are you a fan? I just saw her one way. Yeah. But I appreciated her um, as an an integral part of the writing process. I never put mm-hmm. her as a writer in the room mm, or a contributor okay. in the room mm-hmm. until this documentary. So That's I'm good. so glad I watched it. Yeah. I, you know, it's interesting that you say that. I know that some of the critiques that came, that have, that have came from Janet fans has been, they wish they would have had more insight to her creative process. Meaning Janet is known for like her backgrounds, like how well the the stacking is and how intricate like her background vocals are when she records. Um, The writing process, her being with Jam and Lewis, um, just more of the creative part. And we didn't didn't get a lot of that. I think that would be a separate thing. I don't see how you could put all of that in the series as far as what she's been able to create. I heard some other people say that too, and they Mm -hmm. were upset that, she didn't cover every album, mm-hmm. the development of every album. 
And I never was looking for that. I just wanted to know Janet. Mm-hmm. I really did. I know it sounds strange because I didn't see it as much as a musical um, documentary as much as right, her life. Right. So I wasn't disappointed because I didn't go into that mm-hmm. thinking I want to know all about that. I yeah. think that's something different as yeah. well. Yeah. So no, I was, I was thoroughly informed and entertained and I felt like I walked away getting a better understanding of who she is with her soul. <laughs> I had zero expectations of the documentary because she's so private. So to me, I was like, I will take what you will give us. Whatever you want to tell us, especially being a Janet fan, you do not hear her speak a lot throughout the years. And so that's why my expectations were so low. Cause I was just like, I'll, whatever you want to tell us in the way that you want to tell us is fine. If there are things that you don't want to tell us, that fine. is fine. Mm-hmm. You know, um, from it, they said in the beginning of the documentary that this was really supposed to be documenting the world tour. And it just so happens they went on to record it for five years and she wanted to tell the story of not just her, but her family, because there's been so much that has been unauthorized that has been written. Yeah. And so that's why we got that. more than that. I think she wanted to clarify some of the salacious details mm-hmm. and, and lies and exaggerations about her family. Um, I was interested simply and in, please don't take this wrong, Janet fans. Do not have my head for this. But when I've seen her in interviews, she's kind of dry to me. Mm. And I think the dry is the being protective of her family, of her life, mm. because she's seen what's happened. So she always because she's very shy because her she's very soft spoken and then she's uh very protective i always walked away like i love janet the artist mm-hmm. but i never appreciated janet the individual like mm. like with mary i love mary the artist yeah and i like the fact that she's a little bit of a thug so i like the individual <laughs> but with janet if there's like well do you like her you know, sometimes you fall in love with the personality, but right. I, I never fell in love with the personality mm-hmm. because I didn't understand the personality. Yeah. But this gave me insight. Yeah. I didn't really feel like I really, really, really fell in love with Janet the person until Velvet Rope came out. Really? Oh, yeah. Because she yeah. started revealing things. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, oh, you too, Jan? But like, <laughs> um, but I mean, I was I was a huge fan, but that like it it got personal with the velvet rope. One thing I wanted to talk about, and I wanted to see how you felt about this. There was a part in the documentary where she had already been singing with her brothers, like in Vegas, doing those shows and everything. It was like it was the family business. It really was. But she was talking about how she was like singing a song to herself, and she sang it in the studio because they had a studio in their house. And she said, like an idiot. I left the reel in the machine and that's when Michael and her father found it and heard it and was like, oh, you're going to be a singer. I thought it was really interesting that she phrased it like that. Why? Because to me, it seemed like had I not left it in there, I would not have been pressured to be a singer because before she was just in the family business, it wasn't like, okay, Janet, you're going to be a solo singer. It wasn't until then that her father started to put that pressure on her. So my question to you is, do you think had that not have happened that we wouldn't, Jana would have gone to Pepperdine and she, like she said she wanted to, and she had like Reby Jackson's career. 
Nope. You don't think that would have happened? Nope. You don't think she'd have dropped Centipede and just left the world? Well, Remy got married. That's true. And, and had a family. So I think that was a little different. I think mm-hmm. that would have been the case if Janet got married. Mm-hmm. But Joe is always about the legacy. Yeah. So I think he would have found a place for her. I don't care if she was tap dancing on Broadway. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now, now, that whole story actually reminded me of Beyonce um, and how independent woman for the Charlie's Angels soundtrack yeah. got to the makers of Charlie's Angel Because that's exactly what Beyonce did. She just left a track mm. that her dad found. And it was like, oh, cha-ching, we're going to go drop mm. this off. But no, I, I think Joe was a visionary and he was always looking to see, I I think all my children are talented. Yeah. And if it might have been acting. It might have been. It might have been because he she didn't want to do fame, which I didn't know. I had no idea that she did not want to do fame. And that was something that he pressured her. Well, now when you go back and watch fame, like those episodes, you can kind of feel that. She was phoning it in. (laughs) She was worried about James as she was talking about. Her heart was not, she was no Coco. I loved Cleo, but I loved Cleo because it was Janet. Let's be true. Let's be real. If it wasn't Janet, would you have cared? No. No. So it it wasn't that you loved Cleo, you just loved Janet. These are facts. I love the way she honored her father. Man, look. So I get it. I think all of us, you know, as as you know, for many of us who are out here who are African American, we've all seen the Jackson story mm-hmm. numerous times on television, mm-hmm. and so we have this view of Joe Jackson. We mm-hmm. we understood that we didn't. Uh, he didn't want his children to be in the gangs and everything, but we mm-hmm. kind of saw him as like a bully. Yeah, his, his presence. I mean, he's become a punchline. Right. Right. So I love the way she repeatedly talks about if it wasn't for my father, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be here. If it wasn't for my father, we wouldn't be here. Mm -hmm. And she understood that he did the best he could with what he knew. Yeah. And so many parents, I mean, you know, there's no perfect book on parenting. So she Honored his intentions, mm-hmm. even if his methodology wasn't always the best. She honored his intentions, and I thought that was amazing. I thought it was amazing. One thing, one issue that I did have with the documentary is that I felt like the timeline was a little weird. I feel like it jumped all over the place. Okay. And some of the, not all over the place, but in places it did. And the transitions were a little strange, for instance. I thought it was really odd when they had the good time scene where it showed that she was being abused. Mm-hmm. And then they immediately went into... How, how strict Joe was. Mm-hmm. And then she made the point of, I think she said something like discipline without love is, t- is tyranny. tyranny. And my, it's like, and my, and my parents weren't. weren't right. Yeah. So it's like, why would you go from Penny and the iron, <laughs> which had everything to do with good times in her acting career to then immediately switching to talk about Joe Jackson as a disciplinarian if those things aren't supposed to be connected. Like if she wasn't drawing from that to portray Penny. Uh, I, I want, thought that was a little odd. I want well the but the quote itself is beautiful. She said discipline without love is tyranny and mm-hmm. tyrants they were not. Mm-hmm. They just wanted us to be the best we could possibly be. I I think creatively whoever edited it was like mm-hmm. this would this would get more attention. Mm-hmm. Right? It's for a dramatic effect. Yeah. So I don't she didn't edit it. Mm. And I don't know if she even paid attention to, hey, mm. do you notice that they put those pieces together 
but I think that whoever edited knew that people like you mm-hmm. would pick up on that. Like, huh? notice how we're talking about this scene, and then we talk about mm-hmm. is Joe really abusive? And so there is some some salacious elements. <laughs> Speaking of dramatic effects, when they address the rumor about Janet Jackson having a secret baby. Oh, gosh, I'm so over it. Everything that surrounded that from the fame clips and how they, like, set it up and Rebe saying what she was saying. There's some people that are saying, okay, she did not come out and say, no, I didn't have a baby. What she did say, which I will totally accept, was she said, what happened was... I was taking birth control pills during this time and I, and, time and I gained weight to her. That was, I mean, that was the explanation of what happened. Some people still haven't accepted that and said, well, she never said, and to me, I honestly was expecting like a flat out. No, but when right. I went back and watched it the second time, I said, well, she did give an explanation, but the dramatic effect of that, I thought was again, a, a little, a little extra. <laughs> well, Okay, so here's my attitude, right? So, first of all, you know I love reality shows. So, um, on Growing Up Hip Hop, there was a whole storyline with James DeBarge. And James was like, yes, I do believe there is a baby. And then a woman who who neither looked like James or looked like a DeBarge or a Jackson came Mm -hmm. out and was just like, I believe I am such and such. And, of course, they did the DNA and it it wasn't. Mm -hmm. And there is another... um, there is another woman who came out and says she believes she's the child. And evidently there is a DNA match according to the, not to Janet, but to the DeBarge line. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the mother, Ederline, Ederline, Ederline. Oh, Ederline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She said. No disrespect that. to my mother-in-law, El <laughs> DeBarge's uh, mom. But you know what? If there is a secret baby. Do we really need to I don't know? care. Does Janet want me to know? No, then I won't know. Because that could How traumatize. It? They don't need to know that James is their daddy. Because right now, <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, right now, James just has some things that he needs to work out. You know, one thing that she said that was really interesting that I did not know in the very beginning, she said, evidently I'm I'm attracted to, to men that have done drugs, right? Yes. Which I honestly immediately thought about Bobby Brown. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah. I really did because she never addressed she and I don't think she ever will the fact that they were in a relationship. You know why she didn't address that mess? Because she saw that Bobby movie and saw her butt and flipping around on that bed like that. Mm-mm. That wasn't right. That was so disrespectful. She that said, I'm not even going to acknowledge so you. You're not even a pimple on my behind. Mm-mm. We didn't need to see that. But I just to me, I immediately thought Bobby Brown. I did not know about Renee. There was no talk about her third husband whatsoever. So we don't know if that was a factor. At I all. have my theory. What's your theory, Nick? Okay. So if if I'm correct, I believe he is Muslim mm-hmm. um, and not like American Muslim, like out of the country, someplace mm-hmm. else and very powerful. Mm-hmm. And so my thought, and I could be wrong, mm-hmm. is that if there's a custody issue, mm-hmm. she doesn't want any heat. She don't want them problems. <laughs> You know, I've seen that movie with Sally Fields where she had to go back in and try uh, to get her child. What was that? What about my daughter? What was something, that? Something like, <laughs> something like, like not without my child. Yeah, 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 not without my daughter. Uh, something like that. And I'm thinking she goes and lets and lets Issa go to visit the dad, and then she can't get. 
And she said, you know what? You don't need to know everything. I really do. There was no reason for her not to talk about it, except if it was going to bring some heat. So I think she was just like, you know what? You don't need to know everything because she's going to protect her child no matter what. Mm-hmm. And that that's her priority. Listen, I accept what Janet and God allows because to the fact that she was able to say that much about James, it got to Renee who, listen, we're going to talk about Renee in a minute. It got to Renee who allowed her, because he didn't have to, allowed her to use that footage that he had for 10 years that no one had ever seen for her to be able to go into that extent to be able to talk about him as much as she did. And then the only thing we got about the third husband was a video that she put up on Instagram saying me and my husband are expecting. There's, there's some other stuff. Well, either Renee's in a good, they're in a a better place or he, she wrote a check. I'm going to tell you, Renee and I are not in a good place because he don't know me, but still no matter. Let me tell you why Renee and I are not in a good place because I'm Jan fam. As we know, there's a beehive. There's Jan fam. I'm Jan fam. And she was talking about how when they when he proposed to her, it was on the beach. Mm-hmm. And I was watching that and I heard it and I said, now wait. And I paused it. Then I went to the Velvet Rope and I pulled up the song, What About? You know that song, What About? Mm-mm. She says, what about the time you shamed me? What about the time you said no one would want me? What about all the issue done to me? What about that? What about that? It's very... Is is almost like in the vein of like Black Cat, but it's very passionate. And she said this is the most autobiographical, difficult album she's ever written, right? At the beginning of the song, she says, we were on the beach mm. and you said that you wanted to spend your life with me. And I looked at the timeline and I was like, you know what? So I put in the group chat. Midnight tonight, we riding out. We gonna whoop Renee's <laughs> I was like, but, we ride out at we ride out at midnight. But how is Renee not like Kindu? I mean, sorry, I know. I just slammed the I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And how is how is Renee not like Kevin Hunter? Which is Wendy Williams, who's, you know, he's suing her production company right now for wrongful termination, you know, after you knocked up somebody. So I I just think that for women, this is just my opinion, ladies, when you have a a spouse, Mm -hmm. I think you should keep business separate because when it falls apart, I have learned that men have no shame. (laughs) They could have, you would have walked in and they were in bed with three of your sisters and they will still get mad and sue you because you have, you have familial ties and business ties. And so, I mean, here she was bringing him and he was talented. Mm -hmm. Like, let's not shame him because he was a creative. He really was. Yeah. He really was a creative, although he did try to get money. From Jam and Lewis. And they were like, we didn't see him write Nam lyric. You understand? But that whole, whatever your self-hatred is that you Mm. have to bring somebody else down. You know, she gained some weight. You got to be perfect. You got to be perfect. You got to be perfect. Right. In that song, she says, you told me no one would want me. Yeah. Like. 
and she told Mary that too. Yeah, and she brought that up in the documentary. I think the issue, and I hear what you're saying, it makes a lot of sense. I think what I've seen, I've seen couples be able to work together, but a lot of times when they work together, they have a business that they run together, and the business is not the woman. When the business is the woman, it's an issue. If it's something that they work on like a business together and then they also have their separate things like let's say and i'm not saying they're a perfect couple i don't know these people but um angela bassett courtney vance um viola davis and her husband Mm -hmm. they're separate they have production and coming together but they're things that they do they are they are not in the business of viola davis I've seen people in the limelight and I've also seen people like personal friends of mine that when the business is the woman, it does not work. I know friends that have fired their husbands. <laughs> they're still together, right. but they're still together because they fired their husbands. They're like, this isn't good for our relationship. Right. Well, Kelly Rowland did that with her husband. Did she? Yeah, because he was her manager and she said it did not work. It doesn't work. It just doesn't work. I do have a question though for mm-hmm. you. So, and I never thought about this at the time. When the Control album was released, to me, Janet, at that moment, was her own. I mm-hmm. did not compare her to Michael. Right. Um, I did compare her choreography to mm-hmm, <laughs> I mm-hmm. did compare yeah. some of that. But Jan was talking about how she was still very much in Michael's shadow. Mm -hmm. And I thought like control proved that she was not Michael. Did you feel the same way? I did not see her as Michael. I can't, I think the last time I saw seeing this documentary and seeing her as Michael's sister was the first time in a very long time that I've seen her as Michael's sister. I think before then it was probably like the funeral and she was like aunt Janet with the kids. You know what I mean? And then before then, Janet has always been on her own to me since since control. So I think some of that might have been self-imposed. Okay. Some. But then you had the clips were overseas when she was touring. Or not touring, but she was doing press overseas because she didn't tour off of the control album. Um overseas they were asking her a lot about Michael. Like right. what about the oxygen tank? What about what does your brother say? You know, those sorts of things. So it's not like she wasn't getting that anywhere. But as for me, like I didn't compare them. After when Control came out, I she was no longer Michael Jackson's sister. Yeah. She was just Janet to me. Mm-hmm. And she was definitely blazing the trail of her own. It, mm-hmm. I can't even say I listened to the music and it reminded me of, of what Michael was doing. It, never, it wasn't. Never. It was it was uh, a little more urban by that point. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I think Mike had kind of crossed over into the pop. He was doing well, a lot of it, really. He right. was doing pop. He was on R&B. He was all, all on the album. Right. So I, I don't know. I just, I saw her as as her own, her own being. And, and she kind of transitioned into Rhythm Nation like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, wow, she had a vision. She had the opportunity to have a vision for her own path that was separate from her dad. I thought it was honorable that her dad let her go. Yeah. She shut down shop. And yeah, let and let the receptionist be her assistant. Her, right? And yeah, I, he sure did. You know, you see him one way, but then there are these moments that you're like, no, he's going to let her be free. It was hard. Yeah. But he let her be free. Yeah. Um, Speaking of Michael Jackson, her relationship with Michael Jackson, what I really liked about this is that we, for me, I felt like it was the first time I got to see Mike. In what way? In like, she talked about how she, Randy, and, and Michael were the closest. Mm-hmm. 
um, the part where she was talking about, they were, they were recording Scream. And by this time, they're both huge superstars. Now she's a peer. Right. Like at this time, like she's the closest peer to Michael Jackson, honestly, that anybody could be. And they were writing Scream and like, even the part where she walks into, I think it was like the parents party with um, James Mm-hmm. and like he's kind of playing around like being a ham on the mic and then he goes up to her and like just hugs her it's like these very private like personal but sibling moments that i thought were really sweet they were real moments yeah they were real moments and it was the first time like she calls him mike and i feel like it's the first time to me not seeing michael jackson is michael jackson but seeing is like he's mike he's mike um but i think that made it all the more sad when I found out that Scream was not this beautiful collaboration family affair that we found out that it wasn't. Like, right. I that that's made what me it was. so sad. I thought that's what it was. And then I think the powers that be, I don't know if Mike and I don't think Janet definitely wanted the competition. No. I think she just thought this is like a, a peaches and her moment uh, <laughs> reunited and it feels so good. But the powers that be pitted one against the other or attempted to pit Mm -hmm. one against the other. And I think at times, and I could be wrong. I really could be wrong. Maybe Michael felt like I still want to make sure that I'm on top. Yeah. And you can still love somebody, but Mm -hmm. still have this innate ability that you don't want to slip. Mm -hmm. You know, you're used to being the king. And now look, my sister is my equal and I want her to be successful, but I still want to have a little bit of an edge. And I just wondered, Mm. If any at, at any point did that thought go through his mind, even on screen, if you listen to it, her vocals sound like they're behind. Mm-hmm. They don't sound like to me. Mm-hmm. They don't sound like they're as equal as Michael's. They still sound like they're a little, little behind. Like do, still, like she's a backing vocal. Do you think that that was him? Yeah, I really do. <laughs> I you didn't abs- even let me finish. You I absolutely do. I a hundred percent do. This is my song. Yeah. Yeah, I, I 100% do. And it's it's that just made me sad. I really thought that that was just supposed to be such a beautiful moment for them, and it wasn't. Well, I think it was smart of her to wait till that moment to record. You know, up until then, I think, but the only time they worked together on music like that was like, she was a PYT girl. That's <laughs> right. She was one of the PYT girls. That's right. But it was smart of her to say, let me get my footing before you and I mm-hmm. collaborate like that, because I need to make sure that people know who I am yeah. uh, musically before I'm with you. And they kind of put me, try to shove me back into that. I'm Mike's little sister. Another thing that was in the documentary was that they finally, we finally got to hear her side as far as her talking about the Super Bowl incident. We've heard her talk about it, but this is the first time I've heard her talk about the interaction with her and Justin Timberlake that we, we just going to drag until we just going to drag until the end of time. It just is what it is. We drag it. We drag in Justin Timberlake. To the end of time? Pun intended all the way. <laughs> we drag it until the end of time because even though it shows her saying that he didn't have to defend her and to stay out of it, Justin was grown. He could have, the, the fact that she got in trouble for something that he did, I will, it will never sit well with me. Um, but one thing that I noticed is that it seems like she will stand up for everybody else so much quicker than she will stand up for herself. Can, can I say this about the Super Bowl incident? Mm-hmm. And they showed in the documentary some footage, you know, and they're sexualizing. Listen, 
if you really look at it, what would be the purpose of her doing this? Right. Right. If you think about it. She doesn't need publicity. She doesn't need the publicity. She's intelligent enough to know that there would have been a backlash. Mm -hmm. This is the Super Bowl. This is the all-American pastime. This is not the time for you to purposely reveal a nipple. This is not a boomerang moment. Right. Okay? This is not a... No, this is not Grace Jones. This is not... This is not that moment. So the fact that they were like, oh, she revealed her nipple. Not on... I don't think it's on purpose. It wouldn't make business sense. But what I never understood was why was she in trouble for something that Justin did? Well, because she didn't reveal her own nipple because be, because the thought was it was her show and it was a, and it was. Well, first of all, the woman is always the hard lot yeah. in the situation. And I have a black woman. I don't care how white you might consider Janet. Some people like she's all American. She's pop. She's all American. She's pop. That's mm-hmm. what I mean. But now you have a black woman. You have a white guy. Somebody has to take the fall. It's not going to be the white man. Right. And I'm with Justin Timberlake and her friends. And, I, you know, my thing is he was strong enough as an individual, as an artist, as a a force in the music industry to say, no, 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 no. I I would not, if I was Justin Timberlake, I would not have called her and said, well, do you think I should say something? What do you mean, do you think? Why should you have, listen, this was an accident. They have been dragging him on Twitter Instagram, everything. When that Britney stuff came out, he wrote something on Instagram saying that he wishes that he would have handled the Britney situation and the Janet situation better. And he realizes that he did not handle it well. My issue with that apology, not that he owes me an apology, but you know, I'm going to be mad anyway, is that I feel like the apology needs to be just as loud as the disrespect. And I think that's the issue. The apology has never been as loud, nearly as loud as the disrespect. So do I think he still owes more apologies? I absolutely do. I'm going to tell you who who owes an apology. Who? And he may have given it, but I'm not satisfied. <laughs> Jermaine Dupri. Yes, let's talk about it. I'm excited. So let me tell you what I learned about this. Okay, so right now, I just want to have a truth moment to all the women listening. As we know, Jermaine admitted that the breakup was based on the fact that he was careless and reckless and greedy mm-hmm. and selfish. And, and, then she, and then she did come back and go, well, that wasn't the only, re- again. No, it wasn't the only reason. Herself, but well, so. Listen, okay. Jermaine Dupree cheating proves that it's not about how you look. <laughs> that it's just because, I mean, think about it. He cheated on a woman that teenage boys has posters on the walls. Any man would die for, you know, to get a get a shot. And he, <laughs> he's not saying, well, she didn't spend enough time with me. You know, maybe she was so busy she didn't spend time. Uh, she wasn't affectionate enough. No, because I was with her, he, which, what he did was what I call a tie tribute. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> Ty Tribbett, Ty Tribbett talked about how when he when he came to fame, mm-hmm. right? He said, like no girls ever wanted me, and then all of a sudden I became like famous, and all these girls kind of wanted me, and I mm-hmm. lost my head. So Jermaine talks about how you know I started dating Janet, and all these girls came out the woodwork because I was dating Janet, and I'm like, 
But you had Jen. And that's the thing I don't understand. I don't understand because I've heard men say stuff like this before and I don't understand why the thought is not, I could have, I have Janet. I could have any woman but I, that I want, but I don't need every woman because I have Janet. I have the pinnacle. No, it just stops at, I have Janet. That means I can get any woman I want. And then he giggled. Let me go and get every woman I want. It's like, wait, why? Why Why does it have to go to extreme? But you know what? And of course, I don't know how she handled it mm-hmm. during the time because now years have passed. Mm-hmm. But they were, they seem to be really good friends. Yeah. I think she's kind of, and, and I do know women who do this, we kind of accept that we're, we expect disappointment. Mm-hmm. So after, like, she loved her dad, but you saw these moments of disappointment and the fact that I had to do what I was told. Mm-hmm. And then she loved James, mm-hmm. but she had to endure that. And then she loved Renee, yeah. and then she had to endure that. And then Jermaine seemed like the jackpot because he wasn't on drugs. Yeah. That was the, and, and he had a work ethic. And know, wasn't on her coattails for anything. On, didn't need her for any kind of fame, publicity, anything like that. And then, you know, no matter what, she wasn't enough in any of the relationships, according f- for the men. Yeah. It, you know, she wasn't enough for James to get straight. And she wasn't enough for Renee to get straight. And she wasn't mm. enough. No, of course she is enough. Oh yeah, but but when you when as a woman as you process it, she wasn't enough for Jermaine to say I'm going to spend more time with you, and I'm going to say no to everybody else. So I think she kind of just you can train yourself after a while to not really expect or to be okay. Like I already know something's going to happen. Yeah, and that broke my heart. <sighs> Janet is every woman. That's why I love her. Yeah, she has. You know what? She she has some wow. stories that make her relatable that I never knew made her relatable. Yeah. So I did not realize how the Super Bowl wrapped up Janet's career. Hmm. Like at that point, I it to me it was not such a big deal, and it wasn't until Quest talked about it, yeah. right, with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. And never dawned on me that music's was all the crazy things that musicians do. This one mistake had put her in a category where she couldn't get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Like, are you kidding me? It was so weird. I remember like MTV turned their back on her and it was... It was, it's a nipple and it was an accident. It was so weird. And it makes, you know what though? It makes me wonder if there was something else. If it wasn't just this, for instance, Michael Jackson, I know Michael Jackson and like Tommy Mottola had beef, right? He right. was on Sony. Invincible did not get nearly as much promotion as yeah. it should have. We love Butterflies. Butterflies wasn't even an official single. It was an obvious single, but it wasn't like, I know it didn't have a video. Right. I know that. So it wasn't promoted. It was promoted more so by black radio, Absolutely. but it didn't get the promotion that it deserved. I wonder if there was something else against Janet that maybe would have been related to Michael. I have no idea. It just made no sense. It just made no sense for how far and just how like blacklisted she was. It was so strange. So it just makes me wonder, like, was there something else behind that? Well, I want to say this too, though. I need, especially African-American artists, I need us to stop focusing on 
the Grammys as the pinnacle, mm. the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as the pinnacle. Like, like I've made it when I'm there. And I think that's the problem, mm. right? Emmys and things like that, Oscars. And we, if you keep making a few awards the pinnacle, then if one group of people don't acknowledge you, you feel you, do, you didn't make it, right? So the Grammys are the pinnacle. What, but, if the people from the Grammys don't pick you, you haven't done enough. And the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, well, if they don't let you in, you haven't done enough. I think we keep holding on to um, institutions that weren't made for us mm -hmm. to validate us. And while I'm glad if she wanted to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I'm glad for her. Mm -hmm. I think we need to stop looking for institutions to validate our worth. And I think that it's, I think that's happening too much. Mm. You know, I, this, this made it like I, I did it. I mm. did it because they let me in. Who's the, they, and why yeah. do we put so much, why do we give them so much power? Mm. You know what I mean? She wasn't, she, she is enough and we don't need them or they to tell us, that Janet is enough. She's demonstrated through her decades of career, philanthropy, um, inspiration, mm. pure black girl magic, that she is enough every day of her life. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of, that's a good point. I think one of the things that came out of, of her being blacklisted was she got to spend some time on her movie career. And listen, I love, I love, I love Why Did I Get Married? I love it. I'll say that with my whole chest. I yes, love I Get Married. I do. But just as much as I love Why Did I Get Married is as much as I hate Why Did I Get Married too. I hate it. That movie is an utter disaster. But it wasn't until the documentary that I found a bright side in that movie. That movie was filmed... It was when, cathartic. Exactly. It was filmed when she found out that Michael Jackson had died. Her brother, Mike, had died. So those scenes where she's just tearing up the house and looking crazy, that was cathartic for her. She actually broke one of the golf clubs. Amen. Um, I'm here for it. Years ago on the Oprah Winfrey show, she was talking to Tyler. She said, do you remember what happened? I think it was the Oprah Winfrey show. Um <laughs> She said, do you remember what happened during the filming? He's like, no. One of the, you know, she mm -hmm. like really let out yeah. all the pain and sorrow. And she did actually break one of the golf clubs in the scene. Mm -hmm. um, they probably had to reshoot it because, mm -hmm. I mean, it's now just part of a stick. Yeah. But yeah. So for that part, is because I, I vehemently dislike. Why did I get married too? I mean, with a burning passion. I hate yes, that Yes, for many reasons. But if that was good for her, then it was good for me. Hey, it's the bright side. I no longer want my money back. Nah, I still want my money back. <laughs> Sorry. I just want to say, I think Janet is the epitome of grace. And um, I think she's far more secure now. Mm-hmm. Because she has nothing else to prove. Mm -hmm. And the one 
true moment I saw her light up was when she talked about her son. Her son, and yeah. She, and she made it very clear. If, if I don't have it all together on the stage, just know that I'm a mother now. She looks so happy. And she I, looks so happy. I think this is the award and reward that she deserved after all the pain yeah. and trials and tribulations she's going through. I think so, too. And um, I will say this. At the end of the documentary, it low-key sounded like a... Like she was retiring. She was like, I'm just going to go out with a bang. If I'm going to go out and go out with a bang and all I want to do is be a mother. And I was like, wait, 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 is this it? Like, is this the end? Because she hasn't said um, when Black Diamond is coming out. Janet fans have been waiting for Black Diamond to drop. There was this song called Love. I think it was called Love that they played at the end, which we have not seen. Um I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if if this is a last hurrah. Whatever tour she decides to go, I would not be surprised if this is it. I'm okay with no that, pun though. intended. <laughs> but uh, I'm okay with it. I'm good with it. I'm, I'm really good with her, it. Her best life and whatever that is, she's given us enough. We, we have a body of music that mm-hmm. we can play uh, for decades to come. So if she wants to say, you know what, I'm sitting on this money right here. And I'm going to be the best mother. I've waited my whole mm-hmm. life to be a mother. And that's what I want to pour myself into. You better go ahead, Jen. I'm with it. I'm with D- it. Demita Joe, you better go. Yeah, that's what I got out of the documentary. I'm glad she did it. Like I always said, she gave us what she wanted to give us. And I am satisfied. That should be a song. I am satisfied. <laughs> I am satisfied. It's all for you, Jen. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the After Show After Party. You can find us on the Instagram, on the Twitter, and also on Facebook under the After Show After Party. I'm Toya Haynes. And I'm Nikki Wright. Thank you for listening. Bye.